hey oh I think about this all the time how I, I uh, our open and our close of me going Ashland is uh it's probably obnoxious, right? I don't know. It's fine. Should we change it? To what? I don't know. I could play something on the piano. We Ding have, dong dong. We have a full scale grand piano in our house. Yeah, we tried that once though. It I don't think we put a whole lot of effort into it. Well, neither one of us know how to compose music. Oh, I wonder who would. By the way, we miss Andre. We're not trying to like shame you into like composing something, Andre at all. Uh, no, uh, Andre is not uh, on the podcast with us tonight. I know you guys love him. We love him too. He did not watch Ozark, uh, and he's getting his learn on there in West Virginia. So he's like hard at it. He's also there's like people like who who are clamoring to uh, perform his orchestrations, his compositions. So he's presiding over that. He's got a lot going on right now. So even if we were to say commission an opening for Ashlyn, he doesn't have any uh doesn't have any time at all. Yeah. Maybe he can do it for like a school project or something. Because just to do it for free is like would suck. Yeah. We have nothing to offer. Nobody works that. for free. Well, we are on this podcast, and so is Andre. Yeah, but that's a little different. If you're asked to, if you're asked to compose, to compose music, yeah, opening if, if, theme. if someone were to ask you to, like, say, do sound for free, we know what you'd say about that. Although you do sound for this podcast for free, and I do write things for this podcast for free. It's a labor of love. That's why we do it. We're not like, and again, people are like, don't you get worked up when you lose followers and stuff? I'm not mad at you for not following us. You come here, you think we're one thing. We're not your cup of tea. I get it. I'm not really worried about it. We're kind of doing this. I don't know. We have a theory that it's, have a it's Ashland Baptist Church people. I think people are coming for religious content, and they're hearing the fuck word, and they're like, oh, shit. But I can't be sure. Sometimes it could just be that I, I don't <laughs> like, care for these people at all. These guys suck. You know, or that lady is too shrill and loud. I don't know what it is. That dude is dumb. Not, I'm completely fine with it. I'm completely fine. She never lets him talk. Or whatever it is. I don't know. They're too gay. I don't, I don't know. I'm not mad at it. I, I love our 20 followers on Twitter, and I love our, as of five minutes ago, 58 followers on Instagram. And the 68 people who are invested in us on Facebook, I, I appreciate you guys. I think you, I feel like you get us. I want to say before uh, we get uh, too deep into Ozark, that's why we're here. Uh, happy birthday, Freddie Mercury. He would have been 72 today, and I think you would have been proud of your legacy Fred, um, the world still loves you. Your star hasn't even dimmed remotely. I think you would have loved what was created in your name and in your wake. And I think you would have loved Bohemian Rhapsody, which is now heavily on its press tour and underway right now as the film comes out November 2nd in our country. It's a few days earlier in other uh, countries. But in the United States, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody will premiere on November 2nd. Today, uh, Gwilym Lee, who plays Brian May, um, Joe Mazzala, who plays John Deacon, Lucy Boynton, who plays um, Mary Austin, and Rami Malek, who plays the lovely Freddie Mercury. We're in, um, we're in Vegas. They're doing a press tour. Woohoo! And uh, the first 35 minutes were shown, and people were, like, blown away. And uh, for those of you who are worried about head washing, um, uh, Freddie is super gay in this movie. Just Well, every time we see, we see new clips, it's like, 
you know, goosebumps. Oh, my God. He gives me chills. You know, I don't give a shit about the Oscars. I, I feel like Rami did what he came here to do. I love him. I don't know you guys talk. If you're not a Rami fan, like, why are you talking about? You probably This is probably why you shouldn't listen to this podcast. Yeah. And it's also like why we, we did the, the Captain America podcast. If you don't like Harry Potter, if you don't like Hamilton, and if you don't like the MCU, you're probably not going to like the podcast that we do with Andre because that's his jam. You know, and if you don't like idea and atmosphere and ghost dog and and all the cool shit that you're into, it's probably not the podcast for you. Yeah. So move they just along. Won't, yeah, don't they sit at they this won't table. They won't understand. You know, Whatever. and that's fine. I'm not mad at y'all. I'm just saying we are we eat our lunch in the wings of the theater. Okay? Do we pay my bills? We were those kids. That was a kid. I didn't even eat in the lunchroom. So I was not even don't sit at my table. I didn't have a table. I ate in my car. I ate out. I sat in this ditch that was over at the edge of the school. And I ate in the wings of the theater. So memories all alone in the... Um, but thank you for the people who do get us and do come to us. That's the whole point of this, to have a good time, to find our people. And thank you for being our people and understanding that... You know, right now for the next two months, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna have to wear a hazmat suit. I was I was uh, DM DMing uh, the beautiful Angeline. I, I'm just assuming you're beautiful. Your soul is beautiful. On Twitter today, I was uh, I was DMing with her, and we were talking about our boy Rami. And I love that I have someone to gush uh, with Rami about, so I can spare you. You knew way too much about Rami Malik, so. So thank you. No, I was jazzed to see Rami on Kimmo last night. That what? was a lot of fun. It was, it was, you know, because because we follow all his shit, or you follow all his shit, and then I get to hear about all his shit. Exactly. It was like I was on next level. You know, sometimes a part of it was like, "Yo, Kimmel, shut up." Yeah, Let he him interrupted him a lot. You know, I and was, ask, ask, asking like really good questions. Your questions are stupid. Here's the thing that I know <laughs> about Maram Ram is that he's incredibly quick. He's very intelligent yeah. and he's very, very deadly funny. The prank that he played on Ben Hardy was just evil. That was just. And I respected it. He just made that poor boy like shit his pants. And then and then when he um, he, 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 he said, uh, was it Wreck It? Wreck It? Exudia? Uh, <laughs> like executive. Yeah. You know, his, his comeback, you know, they're, that's why they're no longer, you know, so sharp. They, that was good. He's a sharp guy. Uh, you know, I noticed something about Rami last night on Kimball, and I was telling this to Bonsoir Angeline. Hello, Angeline uh, from Twitter. Um, I, we, I said, you know, he feels different now. I think this film, I think these several, these past several years has formed Rami. Obviously, he's coming into his own. He's in his late 30s. I loved my 30s. I felt like I came into who I was, too. I felt my identity. Um, that wasn't me choking up. I actually just swallowed a burp. Um, I, I really came into who I was and I loved them and I, I see Rami doing the same and I, and I saw something uh, in his eyes and in his being last night that gave my heart a lovely flutter, which is, this is a guy who's, who's very comfortable with what he's done and not smug, not at all. Brought his family there. He brought also Lucy with him. Here's a man who's very comfortable in himself. And I and I forgive Kimmel for interrupting him a lot because you got to get a show done, but it does bother me. I wish we had longer times because I would love to hear Rami speak, um, especially about this monumental role that has changed his life. Yeah. And, and I think the only way we're going to get that is if, you know, some type of like – it's like a Comic Con panel or something like that. Not something. not not a you know a, a one segment on a, a talk a, shows are not the yeah. place to hear people talk. That's the irony of. And that. you know the thing is, it's like 
it goes wondering is like, how, what is the percentages of people in that audience even know who Rami Malek is? Oh, I think they know. They show up for those. They get those tickets around L.A. Oh, that's right. They do. I would. I just saw. I felt differently about him. I feel like he's coming into his own. Uh, fuck the Oscar buzz. That's great. I'm with him. He got the he got the thumbs up from Brian May and Roger Taylor. I don't know if he ever got a chance to even speak with John Deacon, and if he did, would he tell us? I know that John is very much out of the limelight since Freddie left us. But um, I feel like this has been a life changing experience. I think he's also weathered Mr. Robot. I've, I've seen him do a couple of films that where he's just stepped he's stepping further and further out of himself and my god the expectation that's on this guy again i know you came here for ozark i'm talking about rami malik watch me talk about walking dead before the whole thing is over uh wouldn't you love them apples anyway i love talking about rami malik and if you don't i get it go there's so many other podcasts you can listen to and i'm not mad at you for leaving uh, and it's okay. You look pretty when you're walking away. Papillon. Papillon. Okay, so we watched Ozark, and we watched the first season and, and quite loved it. Well, I mean, it was like Ozark season one. I think we were, I think if I can remember, we were like, yeah, that was nice. That was cool. It was good, yeah. Yeah, it was good. But it wasn't like. It did blow us away. I don't, I don't feel the same way after watching season two as I did season one. That's right. It got better. Season two just was off the chain. It was awesome. It really was awesome. And I think we needed season one. Season one is so weird. It almost felt like a sophomore season of the show. It was so weird. It was like, it was good. And I appreciated where I was. And we're about to do this weird thing. Like after we record this podcast, we're going to go in and have some wine and watch season one again, which we probably should have done before we did this podcast. But who are we kidding? Who's got that kind of time? We just want to sit here and leisurely take it in. But like season two, we were fucking invested, man. Yeah. I was like blown away. Also, Bateman was directing a lot this season. At the beginning. He, Mm -hmm. He like the first four episodes. Right, right, right. But like I was, you know... I love Laura Lenny in anything. Yeah. Um, I, I, we've grown to love Julia Garner. She's our Ruth Langmore. We loved her as Kimmy in The Americans. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, what little time we had with her on that show, she really stood out. And, man, did she just blow the doors out of, like, season two. Yeah, she had, you know, I mean, just just how she became that character yes with the walk and then you know the 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 facial expressions i mean completely consistent all the way through a lot of civil war battles with her dad yeah um russ she's never going to get her daddy's love and a lot of people probably were frustrated with the fact that she kept trying it with him like trying to get his approval Uh, this is a character that i relate to like nobody's business up into the doors of like when my father passed away like the last time i saw him i was trying to get him to see my way in the world of like hey man do you really need to see people of color as less than do you really need to use those words and that epithet you know to the last day of my life i was trying to to reason and negotiate my love with my dad so i understood it i totally understood it and i mean that's like some real life shit i mean even even to the conversation she has with um you know uh martin and wendy at the very end where she's like 
he's always going to be the same. He's never going to stop. You know, even up to then. He, he, and even though she you doesn't know say, that, you know, she's like, I, he's still my dad. Even though you know that, it's exactly, I related. I totally understood this character like nobody's business. Like, I guess if you didn't come up with this, you'd be sitting there like, no, shoot him. The first time she had the gun trained on him. You know, look, man, I've, <laughs> I've even been in similar situations. I'm not trying to even be dramatic, dude. I'm just saying I've been in similar situations and... You're trying to exact a change through something very extreme, and it just doesn't it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Until, like, now I didn't have a drug cartel come along and uh, blow him away, but uh, it ultimately still ended in violence. That's uh, something I'm not going to share on the podcast, but uh, one day. Yeah, all of, all of her <clears> scenes, <throat> you know, were, they were, you know, you're just, you're just paying attention to everything. Yeah. She you did know, a really great job. I think this year I spent more time, uh, this season I spent more time, like, paying attention to, well, three does not get a whole lot of screen time, but I have to say a shout out to uh, the writers for naming a character three. Uh, one of the very first um, four screen uh, adventures I wrote, one of the very first uh, screenplays, I had a character named Three. Because it's very common in the South that if you're a Dale, Dale uh, Earnhardt Sr., uh, you are going to name one of your children, ultimately, after um, hit the car that Dale Earnhardt Sr. drove, Three. Three. Even though it is the car that killed him, and that's the irony of naming your child Three. I'm sure that was not lost on the writers, but Carson Holmes, um, I hope to see more of him. I'm thinking uh, Ozark is coming back for season three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Um, Do you know who else was, was I really liked? I really liked Jacob Snell. Yes. You know, and I was trying to figure out where have you where seen him? I've seen him, and I just figured it out now. Mm-hmm. Is Westworld. Of course. He's James Delos. And because uh, I think Peter, is Peter Mullen, isn't he Irish? Oh, I, I want to say he is. Peter Mullen, who plays Jacob Snell, is um, he's either English or Irish. I know I shouldn't interchange those two because people are like Scottish, not the bloody. Oh, there you go. Even better, Scottish. Holla! That's where my people are from on my mama's side and part of my daddy. Um, yeah, I love him. That dude is just just a consummate actor. And I know we love to hate her, but Lisa Emery is Darlene Snell. Come on now, give it up for Darlene. Yeah. We love to hate her. Yeah. And we got to see that well, very I don't, touching no, but I scene. I don't, I don't hate her, though. You don't? I don't. You're kind of like cool with her, like what she did. I mean, she's frustrating. I, I, she's like, you know, but I was like, I don't hate her. I don't hate her like I hate Petty. Mm. Or like I, I would hate a character. I don't hate her. Although I love Jason Butler Harner as Petty. He is wonderful. Yeah, I don't hate her either. And you know what? I don't exactly I don't exactly think that she's wrong and not wanting to get into bed with the Mexicans. This is like her country. She's a Missourian. She just she wants to live her own life and, and she's the one in charge and I can totally relate to her not wanting to give control over to the Navarro cartel, you know. And you got this fancy ass bitch, you know, rolling into town. Uh, beautifully played uh, this season. We have the wonderful Janet McTeer um, as Helen. Oh my God! I, when I saw her, I I love her so much. She's like this unsung um, actor. A lot of times, she just doesn't get the love that say the Kate Blanchett's and the Tilda Swinton's uh, get. But her is Helen Pierce. She's wonderful. She's from Newcastle. And she's fan-fucking-tastic, and she's just great as, like, this mob attorney. Um, just enough. Just gave us just enough. Um, 
the big thing that I felt, I felt the loss of Buddy, uh, Harris Yulin, who played Buddy. I felt the loss of him this season. It was, yeah. I love getting to know him in season one. He was like their, their guardian angel. He really was. Although he did kind of walk them into a shitty deal with the Kansas City mob. Don't you reckon? Yeah, but I mean, it was like. I mean, we needed it at the time. Yeah. I and mean, then he, he also burned the poppy field. I mean, he was a great, yeah. useful. T- he had a very, he was useful there at the very end. And I think he went out in a blaze of glory, you know, in his old car to his favorite song. So, but I felt, I feel, I felt the absence of that character because that actor is so amazing at doing what he does. And I didn't, you know, I didn't get the, where they, when they moved the money from the, the, um, the mortuary to mm. the the mausoleum. To Buddy's mausoleum. I didn't get it until that moment. Yeah. But then it's like I remembered they're getting a, a mausoleum and they want to get extra room. And I was like, oh. So you- nothing with this this family ever comes with like they're they're like a smartened up, sharper version of the Sopranos. Like if if Edie Falco's character was more ruthless than Tony, um, what's her name? Carmela? I want to say Carmela. If if Tony's wife was more like in the know and vicious, if, I think if, the, if they didn't, I'm assuming they got blown away at the end of that series. I'm not spoiling it for anybody. I have no idea. I think David Chase told us they all died. Maybe they didn't. Anyway, warning. Sopranos spoiler if you haven't seen it yet. But I feel like she... These two remind me of this family, especially by the end of season two, where they're not going to run. Yeah. They're. Well, I mean, that's Wendy's. That's all Wendy. Wendy is like, she is stone cold killer. Well, see, this is how watching season one again would have helped because in the beginning of season one, does Wendy know that that Marty is laundering money for the, you know, I, I totally, you're asking you know, me a loaded question. Yeah. I want to say that she had an inkling or she knew and it didn't matter. She was trying to leave him because she had her other designs on. Cause her forte is, is political grifting. Her whole way is like spinning and ruining careers. And she was having an affair with Mr. Robot guy. Yeah. Um, and she, I think, she's no innocent. I don't think they've ever played her as an innocent. No. She just didn't want anything to do with Marty's shit. And she didn't realize when she was over here fiddling with political careers in Chicago that he was over here messing with the mob. I want to say that there was a firewall there. And then that got burnt down really quick. But I can't remember season one. Yeah, I one. can't remember. So go out and watch season one if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's right there. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll, we'll go back and kick ourselves and go, shit. Um, this season gave us uh, Darren Goldstein as Charlie Wilkes. I loved that performance. I was trying to say, where did I see, where the fuck did I see this character? And it's the affair. That's where he stands out. Only I would have known that he was in. Um, he was in the affair. He was in. He was a major character in the early seasons. He's also in the later seasons of the affair. So that was like, oh shit, that's where that guy comes from. There you go. I didn't see damages, so I didn't. I didn't know him for that. Um, I also like. Uh, I really enjoyed, very much enjoyed. Obviously, enjoyed Jason Bateman. Always a pleasure. You know, he stepped out of his comedy shadow from Arrested Development and the like. Always, he's wonderful uh, up against Laura Lenny. 
Um, I love Jonah Bird, uh, Skylar Gartner as Jonah Bird. That little, you know, he's going to be better than his dad or his mom yeah. in the making. He was like, you know, he took his that money that uh, his sister, you know, snagged and, and parked turned, it offshore. Turned it into gold and had a banking account in Cyprus. Oh. Sound familiar? Uh, but I, who was going to say, I like Charlie, uh, is it? Tahan or Tahan as Wyatt Langmore. I love Charlie as Wyatt. Um, enjoyed uh, what he does with the character. He's kind of like a a disciplined Crispin Glover. I hope that's not uh, an offense to you, Charlie. But um, you know, just uh, the guy's got talent. He's really wonderful. Um, I like Trevor Long as Cade somewhat. I felt like sometime. Uh, with the Cade character, I, although I have to admit, I know a lot of guys like Cade. I know a lot of one-note guys who are just hell-bent on, like, his daughter could see the bigger picture. His daughter could see that she could have, ironically, a legitimate place in this um, larger underworld rather than being a petty theft of um, a guy who's connected to the mob. You know, where Cade's short-sightedness came in is that, you know, he wanted easy cash where his daughter, Ruth, was like, look, man, I just asked for 25000 extra dollars a year as a raise. I got you a job, so your, you know, your parole officer rolls around here like you've got a legit thing. And then she tries to, like, set him up with, okay, I guess you're going to take the easy carrot, so you're going to go and chop these boats up. So she um, ends up extorting, uh, blackmailing or whatever, extorting the that uh, the guy has the boat dock there. Yeah. So she can get her dad some easy cash. Almost as a teething ring for him. Almost as a way to placate his driving need to do petty, dumb, low shit, where she's that, studying from a higher... That 50 that fifty grand, though, I mean, did she give it to her pops? What 50 grand? That she took off of the uh, the boat guy? I don't know. Oh, no, you're talking about the, 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 the dock. I'm talking about the dock. Okay, where she fucks up... <laughs> She fucks up that guy's dog. Yeah, she goes out there and takes the boat out, and she goes, "Oh, you need a wake, you yeah. know, because the guy doesn't have a, you know, a breakwater." So I feel like she she throws this kind of, these crumbs. She's so far ahead of Cade in that she's she's doing this. It reminds me of like watching Black Panther. You know, when Shiri's out there fighting her battle, and she's telling uh, trying to tell Martin Freeman how to like fly the the spacecraft while she's fighting i feel like that's what ruth is doing while she's out here going i'm just gonna go and like do these things on the side so i can help you like throw you some some cheddar to keep you occupied while i do bigger shit but then her achilles heel is that she wants his approval so much yeah i mean this is what uh breaks great people this is what breaks uh um the worst people does she want? She wants to send Wyatt to college. She does. I mean, when that's I, her whole thing. This she whole says, season. She says, I, "I don't love anything more than I love you." Yeah. Sorry, three. But like she, she has. She's putting. She's probably projecting herself into Wyatt. You know, this is what I could have wanted, should have been, or this is the first time we're getting a chance to. She believes in Wyatt the way a, a true parent would. The way her parent doesn't believe in her. You know, one minute she's useless, the next minute he can't live without her, he needs an alibi. And with Wyatt, her love is selfless. What does she say at the at the uh, school council? She's like, Wyatt's not like the rest of us Langmores. That's right. You know, he's different. He has a chance. He's going to break the circle. And she believes in him in the truest form that a selfless person 
uh, would believe in. And so that's what we want her to to win. And I also, that's also why I, I kind of didn't figure she was going to fare well with a Navarro cartel coming down on her with so many wild cards. Even though Darlene poisoned her own beloved Jacob, um, I think that's an even more loose cannon situation. Even with Cade dead, you know, obviously he trots off with his $500,000. And what did Helen say? Anybody who's an enemy of Marty's is an enemy of the cartel. I feel like Ruth would have been a sitting duck in the middle of all that, and she wouldn't have been able to wield power for very long. She would have been drastically undermined. So I feel like... Wendy's decision to undermine Marty because they were just undermining the shit out of each other the entire season. I think ultimately that decision will land in Ruth's favor. Yeah. Um, and possibly Rachel will come out on the end of this. She'll come back from rehab when she goes to Miami. She'll come back and maybe she'll be whole. Maybe she'll be the enemy of, of Marty's. Maybe they'll pick up where their um, sloppy affair started. I don't know. Uh, we know we saw the end of Mason. No offense against Michael Mosley, but I really needed that character to die. So thank you, show, for... Oh, is that the preacher? Yeah. Yeah. That was the only part of the, the show I thought was tiresome. Yeah, I felt it felt sometimes tacked on. And again, I think Michael Mosley acted his, his balls off. I feel like maybe some of that writing kind of let that character down. Uh, could have been some more interesting ways to go with it. But, I mean, my God, they did so much with other characters. But I feel like you get the short stick. Also, Charlotte Bird, who wants to smack her in the head with just a stack of, like, phone books. She wants to emancipate herself. I mean, besides it being dangerous to the family, if I didn't figure out she was going to rat me out. I'm, yet again, I'm a, I'm a childless person saying this, so what the fuck do I know? I don't. I would have like uh, I would have taken Charlotte in a boat with all of her shit in the middle of the lake, and I would have just uh, dumped her there and let her swim to the nearest, you know, shore. I would have said, "Fuck it, get out." I'm a terrible, I'm a, but I don't have kids, so what do I know? Um, but I think at the end, her mom has kind of played it well. Uh, I was Wendy in her reaction the entire time, like "Fuck you, get the fuck." I would have thrown her shit in a yard in the same way. We all like to believe we'd be Marty. Hell no, I would have been Wendy. I'm like, get the fuck up out of here. You don't even know how to wipe your ass, bitch. Yeah, Charlotte needs to get on board with what her family's doing. Just like Or Charlotte like before Jonah you did, before you, know? you put a fucking foot in the stirrup to ride off into the sunset, you need to know how the horse works. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. You need to know how the saddle works, where to buy the saddle, where to buy the horse. You can buy the van, but how you buying gas, how you getting the timing belt changed, whatever girl. Don't even be Mm. Your parents are in the mob, and your little brother is running circles around you, like wiring money and shit. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what's going to happen in, in season three. I, it feels like they set it up for season three. I would be very shocked, and I think they can take their times building these series. Well, I think Wendy's going to be calling the shots now. Obviously, she's moved into big boss territory, you know? and you know, Helen warned her because before you ask me for a favor. Before and I don't, I don't even think it was just about. I don't think it was her just about Ruth's killing pops. Kate. No, I don't, I don't think, think it was no. just about like you know neutralizing no. him because they knew he wasn't going to stop. And I think Ruth even asked. She even knew what she was asking yeah. for. I think Helen's whole thing was, "Hey man, you know I'm getting a divorce right now." 
she absolutely knew about Marty's plan for them to disappear. I mean, there's no question in my mind that Helen was tracking just through keystroke programs. And just, those are just child's play. Yeah. I don't feel like Marty's a big hacker. He might be good with numbers, but he ain't, he ain't you know, Elliot Alderson level. And I feel like Helen's people knew that he was, like, setting up this, you know, what was it? They were going to go to Arkansas and then... They were going to hop over. I forget the yeah. route. But they're going to end up in Australia. They're going to go like to, to the Gold Coast. They're going to end up in the Gold Coast, but it's like Arkansas, like Costa Rica, Costa Rica, then Gold Coast, right? Yeah. But I feel like she knew that and she was just, you know, going to bide her time and, and say, you know, we got a foothold in here. It was that, that it was, it was like the scene where they were standing outside in the, at night talking and then Marty goes back in and then we have this sort of, tracking shot <clears throat> with Wendy mm-hmm. and then it's like very sh- short after she's in the kitchen talking with Helen yep. and they're having that conversation yep. and then it makes this weird jump to the office Yep, and it's like okay shit was said and right. then she's like you don't do you really know what you're asking here because now we're, we're, th- we're thick like thieves yeah. now now me and you got married me and, and you, Wendy, yeah. forever. And it's like, and like you said, it's not just you know taking care of Cade. You know, there's something else. That Cade, was Cade was a bone. It he was, was that was just cleaning up. Cade a mess. was a fly that got yeah. smacked away from the big buffet, which is you know Wendy married to the mob now, married to the cartel, not the mob. And so, and she was confidently saying to Marty, who forged this deal with him and Buddy in the in the. And the Cosgrove and those guys. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, we'll just, you know, we're going to, we can get rid of those guys because Navarro is, but see, you don't understand. Kansas City mob deeply embedded for decades up in there, and that's their territory. You know, the cartels don't know how to fight that ground war. And I feel like that's going to be the thing where they go in with confidence to, to say, you know, these guys already blew up Marty's office and whatnot. I feel like they're going to go in with confidence, and I don't think it's going to go down so neatly. Well, see, that's why they would need someone like Dar- uh, Darlene. Right, who's, who's wild who like a fox. Who, yeah, who knows how, you know, who thinks who, crazy. how to fight that way. Well, because Buddy has already said to Marty, you know, he, this guy is fucking crazy. This guy's yeah. not mentally there. And, and um... Jacob told Marty, you know, that he fears Darlene. Right. It's the same type of crazy. Yeah. And she she actually ground up some cherry pits and poisoned her man in the woods. Yeah. You called that by the way. But you called you called the um this is the scene where he's gonna try to kill her. And it you know, they they both try to kill each other. Dar- Darlene true. just won. That's true. I just for my whole thing is I just want Tuck to be okay. Um, I want Evan George, um, Varesius, Vares, oh man, that's Greek. Varesius? Dude, I am so sorry, uh, Evan, but I love you as Tuck. So I just want Tuck to be cool. Um, rest in peace, Ash. Um, I liked Ash's character, by the way. There was so many good characters that you, like, when you, when they died, you were like, you felt their miss. Uh, I even feel bad for Harry. He's still alive, but he's the funeral home guy. And I feel like, you know, here's a man who loves his profession. And I really, I made a study of, uh, I had to write an article one time about the uh, the funeral business and just how people take it very seriously and how much he loves his job. And I feel like they're making a mockery of uh, of his profession. So I hope it, at some point he may shock us 
um, with his Harry Meshakas with his whole like holding it down for his profession. Lindsay uh, Aliff, who plays Harry. Um, I loved it. I, I thought season two was head and shoulders. It stood on the shoulders of season one. I don't think you could have had season two as being as good as it was if we didn't build on that foundation yeah. of season one. That's why, that's why I want to go back and see season one. I want to see how we got there. Yeah, and, and see what goes down. Because you know, again, John Bedford Lloyd plays Frank Crosgove. You know, he's not going down without a fight. Um, I think we're going to see more um, of a lot of these characters, and we're going to see new and improved characters. Also, what's going to happen when they discover Petty's body? Is it is it one and done? Uh, with is Cade going to be a nice trade off for that? Because we know he he murderizes Petty at the the bank uh, at the at the fishing hole, and his oh, homage right. to Russ. You I know, totally forgot about Petty being killed. Yeah, Ruth's. You know, she, he was in love with Ruth's uncle, with Cade's brother. So what happened there? We don't know. I feel like that was some a little bit of Shakespearean justice, but also just we also know that Petty's mom is probably going to be like dead because she's left on her own there. Well, I mean, there's no well, I don't. There's no reason to bother her. There's, she doesn't have any. There's no. No, I'm just saying I don't think she's in the farewell by herself. Oh yeah, she's probably gonna. because the cartel got her cranked up on like even bigger, more big time. Drugs, but will that fallout come back through the finding of the truck and all that? Will that just get neat wrapped neatly in a bow when Nick's look the other way, or will that flow back toward? Well, now they're going to Ruth have, and Marty yeah. and Wendy because I don't think the feds are just going to strictly walk away from this. No, they're going to have another whole joint task force or whatever. They're going to right. descend down there. And, are they going to send like a mine hunter level dude to come yeah. in and like? So maybe we're gonna have a new, a new investigator. Oh, you know we will. On the heels of the birds yeah. and the cartel, and will we see a glorious death of you know, Janet McTeer? And season three again. That, there's got to be a season three. Yeah, I think so too. It was amazing. Uh, that's all I got for um, Ozark. You guys sh- should see it. It's um, it's really good. It's you really could fun. watch it. You could literally watch it in a night. If well, you stay up all night. <laughs> we you start, start early. We started it later in the day. That is true. And we worked our full days. And then we get... Because they're very dense episodes. They are. I don't know what the running times are on them, but I felt like they were almost an hour. Um, it was very intensely uh, orchestrated. I also like where they shot this. Um, God, I want to say... I got to look this up real quick. Where did they shoot this? Was it... Was it in Georgia? I don't know. Where were they shot it? It was beautiful. Um, when you go on location and the location is just part of your story, um, I feel like that makes such a difference in the storytelling. It really, we feel it. So, was it in Georgia? I don't know. I don't know. Can't find I can't it. find it. Um, but beautiful, beautifully shot, beautifully done. Um, Woodstock, Georgia. There you go. Woodstock, Georgia. I felt that it was Georgia because I know that area pretty well. It felt like, uh, the blue cat cat lounge is in Canton. Know it well. Lake Ozark, um, dam was in Missouri. The, the main location is Woodstock, Georgia. And then Lake Altoona. Shout out to Lake Altoona. Um, 
was there. And then uh, the look at these splits is in Norcross. So yeah, all of that was in Georgia and I felt it. It just felt very um, much we were in the moment. So that's why I think this uh, series also calls to me as well. Makes me feel like, you know, <sighs> I'm going home. Um, I'm going to cut this short because I have to pee. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, please come back. We're going to be doing another podcast very soon about the things that we love and that we like and that we're enjoying. And I want to have some profound thoughts about Jersey Shore versus Florabama that I'm cooking up for you guys. I know you're just waiting with bated breath. And you're also probably waiting for me to reference Rami Malik one more time. And there it is. <laughs> if you're playing a drinking game at home, uh, you've at least got a small buzz. So... Um, also, shout out to Andre. We hope you're having a wonderful night. We miss you. We'll be talking your, to you soon. Uh, your dinner was better than last night. Oh, he had. Oh my gosh, he tried to make dinner and then just went all like womp womp. And then he had like a a microwave dinner that got cold because he did the podcast with us and it lasted. See, if like you go nine to Trader hours. Joe's and you get the already made um, the frozen uh, orange chicken, mm-hmm. and you just it's easy to cook that up. It has an orange chicken sauce, and just put that over rice. Boom. There you go. And then you feel like you're doing, yeah, then you feel like you sort of half homemade made. You make that for me, and I actually. is not easy. It isn't. And I used to do it all the time, and I loved it, and I'm not, I'm not good at it. All right. Uh, we are going to go off and uh, probably watch season one of Ozark right Ozark. now. Ozark. But we have to finish the Great British Baking Show at some point, so let's do that, too. All right. You guys just remember, uh, as always, I love you. Good night. <laughs>